Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Article 23, your podcast all about work. We're up to episode 51. And this week, we're getting a little bit controversial. Obviously, COVID-19, the coronavirus, has been getting a lot of coverage, as it should be, uh, for a range of reasons. We're going to go with the big question we're going to ask, which is, will COVID-19 make us lazy? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it's not impacting our podcast recording schedule. (laughs) Not every week, Uh, but let's talk about that one. So I'm James Hancock calling in from the US and I've also got my colleague Suzanne Gavrilovich with me as well. How are you doing? Hi, James. Yeah, good, thanks. Interesting to see it's night out there and it's bright, sunshiny day here at the moment. And the opinions on this, maybe not not between us, but on the topic in general, a bit night and day. There's people that probably would go one angle and the other, but we won't spoil it all before we go into it. Yeah, uh, we, we've obviously been talking a lot about the implications of the virus. Uh, we were just talking uh, before we started recording about movies like Contagion or <laughs> Pandemic and Will We Watch or Not Watch. In America, that's been very popular on uh, yes. but we're not quite ready yet. But you've watched it. I have. <laughs> and I was quite... Uh, um, what's the word? Surprised, taken aback by how accurate some of the scary parts of this uh, were predicted in that movie. So very yeah. interesting. Yep, love you know, that. Uh, you know, crazy uh, comments about a particular drug that's the saviour when there's no evidence for it and thousands of followers online for crackpots who are the... Um, <laughs> the uh, you know conspiracy theorists and yeah, yeah so i think yeah interesting it sounds interesting it sounds a little bit like where we are now however <laughs> what we have agreed on article 23 for anyone that's a new listener is we won't be too political we haven't really said we won't do movie reviews but that was just, just a sneak peek <laughs> into what we've been doing We have been writing a lot, talking a lot, interviewing clients and people out there in various jobs, all about how it's going. So we've been looking at the impacts on people, the impacts on economy, obviously on health and safety. But we've also been, um, you know, particularly as we felt that shift ourselves, a shift to what's the future, what's that forward kind of momentum. So let's think about that a little. So if we're thinking about that forward momentum, Mm. Let's go with the big topic of making us lazy, though, because I think that's part of it is will there be an overhang? Will there be, I don't know, a lethargy to start going back into work? How will that look? There's there's a lot in, in this, I think. There are. Yeah. And you, you've done quite a bit of research here on the numbers, James. So let's, let's have a look at those. Yeah, we have. We have. So I've sort of thought we'd split that a little bit into given where we're sitting now, night and day, a bit about Australia and a bit about the US. Wonderful. Uh, do you want to have a bit of a run through of Australia? I will. I will. So, <laughs> so let's look at the minimum wage in Australia. Yeah. It's uh, 1949 an hour, about $740.80 a week. So a bit under 39000 a year before tax. <laughs> so after tax, you'd be getting about $672 a week. Yeah. So if you look at the ABS weekly median earnings, they're listed at about $1,320 a week. So 
after tax, that's 1053. So of course there are award wages for different, you know, industries, but that, but that's, you know, a, an approximation. And if you have a look at the job keeper payment, it's 1,500 a fortnight with a supplement of 550 for a six month period. So that equates to about $1,025 a week. So it lands right between the median earnings and the minimum earnings. That you are our REM expert, Suzanne, but that like, obviously there's a lot of info in there. So we want, did want to jot a few points down on it, but yep. the, our thinking there was what is like, effectively are you better working or not and if you're getting more money by not working does that make you not want to work yeah and right that's right and so you know if you were earning the minimum wage it looks like you'd actually be better off by a couple of hundred dollars a week on um, the benefits that are being applied at the moment yeah so it's, that's interesting isn't it it's very interesting <laughs> And particularly if you were someone who really didn't like going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'd be interesting to know, you know, how many people in Australia are receiving minimum wage, how many have been impacted, all of that data. And I think that'll come out, you know, through all of, I guess, like the, the economics and stuff. But I think that in and of itself is if for whatever the mechanisms are, you're getting more money not working than you are working. That's a pretty big and interesting thing probably yes. and hopefully short-lived in this scenario, mm -hmm. I hope, you know, relatively. Mm -hmm. yep. um, obviously, there's stuff in place, but that, that's interesting. We've seen some similar stuff in the US, actually, and I won't profess to be any sort of REM or deep um, expert in the economy and the tax system over here right. because it's really complex federally and a, and a state level and, and all of that. But I had a look at the numbers just and yep. kind of put it, put it into Australian dollars so we can see how they contrast federally the um hourly wage minimum here is eleven dollars fifty give or take right. in australian right. dollars so it's a little you know considerably lower than our 1949 uh, and in philly where i am it's actually just slightly higher at current rates it's about 21 dollars an hour so you can see over you know a big country that's a big difference in the minimum it is double better. Uh, others have higher minimums too, like California at $15 and stuff like that. But um, what's interesting, I think, over here is that it's obviously a very different economy. As we know from some of our research with the um, Future of Work report at Bankwest Curtin Economic Centre we did a little mm -hmm. while back, is mm -hmm. Australia's uptake of things like the gig economy and, uh, you know, that style of work. Uh, is a lot slower than other parts of the world. It's a lot higher here in the US. Yep. Those, those people working in that part of the economy are eligible for these payments. And that's quite a big shift over here. It's quite different. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of people, Uber drivers, delivering food, delivering yep. packages, like a whole, a whole lot of jobs. But they're now included in that. Um, it's interesting. The other one that I find really interesting, and I remember back to... Uh, just a, a bit after the financial crisis is in Australia, we got, I think it was $900. Uh, if I remember right, 900, a thousand, but a thousand, um, I think thousand was it thousand yep. dollars basically to stimulate the economy. Uh, you know, the idea being go buy something, but everyone bought a TV or put it in the bank and saved it yep. up. I don't think it went exactly where it was intended. And, that, and that's come through in the US. $1,200 has gone out to people and it's being spent 
hardly at all. <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's gone a little bit, they, they've done some interesting data on it. It's gone a bit to take out, take away food, right, right. a little bit to groceries, but that was early on you know, for people that got the check kind of early. Now it's going to entertainment, which I kind of get, or yep. to savings, or they're paying down their debt a bit. So they're effectively <laughs> like battening down the hatches, which sort of makes sense. But it does. Not really what, why you gave the money out. <laughs> uh, uh, so that gets us to, you know, what else are we seeing on the work front? So there are some interesting data points there. So we've got a range of corporates, public and private, taking steps to try and share the impact of COVID-19 across their workforce to keep jobs with a range of methods like, you know, freezing on pay increases, and pay cuts by job level and usually a portion of time so you know some people have had a 20 percent cut they might have been moved to four days a week from five days a week that sort of thing yeah. um, obviously that equates to a lower annualized cut but that gets us to the next point which is the psychology of it all yeah so how I, does it work <laughs> i find that one fascinating and how yeah. it comes through that's the other one for me the psychology that comes through here in the us is that and we were sort of watching it in aggregate, but I think when it's uh, a pandemic, you think about, you know, every one person that goes into those big numbers. So mm -hmm. you thought, you know, however many people that have been impacted by the virus, you think of each individual one, you think of each individual person that's lost their job or had an impact. Over here, we've had about four weeks where job losses have been really big. And those job yes. losses are now at over 23 million, which is for- It's, it's really mind boggling that number, isn't it? It's mind-boggling, and about eight days ago, I remember talking to Rhonda about it, and it was like, when will job losses in the States be bigger than the entire Aussie workforce? Yeah. And, and then we talk about, like, the curve and doubling and steepening. Effectively, the unemployment curve over here has gone from Australia's workforce to Australia's population in under two weeks. Like, that, that blows my mind. But so that's the psychology for me is the aggregate and balancing that against kind of n equals one because i think you know every person's got a family bills to pay you know that's right which is huge and i and i think it comes down to motivation um you know intrinsic and extrinsic we talk about motivation in that way and yeah. some people have that intrinsic motivation and they're just driven to action and achievement and for these people they'll always be seeking work and how they can contribute and we've seen that with people randomly offering their services to others, you know, the altruistic yeah. behaviour, because they suddenly have nothing to do and they've got to find something to do. That's positive. Yeah. And, and those sort of people are always going to be like that action-oriented. And then there's others who are extrinsically motivated. So they might be overwhelmed by the whole situation yeah. and want to cocoon themselves. And I've seen examples of that. Yeah. Um, and others might see this as an opportunity to get out of going to work, especially if they're just not in love with their job. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got that support and, and you don't have the um, intrinsic motivation and you're kind of overwhelmed by the whole situation, I can see that some people are preferring to stay home and ride this out that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's really easy being someone that, you know, I think we've got it really great amongst all the stuff that's going on. Yes. And it's easy to think of it like an economist and try and be really rational and try and put the emotion of and the empathy part of your of your thinking aside and go, oh, but, you know, if people are earning a bit less money, they probably pay a bit less tax. 
you know, they might be able to spend a bit more time with their family. But if that's you, it feels so different when you've got yeah, whatever, the rent to pay, the mortgage, food. So it's, it's hard to justify that. And I think the other one that I've sort of heard a lot about and seen examples of here and back home is um, being asked to take a different salary but expected to do similar amounts of work. Mm-hmm. That that's not perfect. It's not a perfect science because ultimately there's a bit less work for most people, just given mm-hmm. what happened, um, depending on what you're doing. But I think that's an interesting one from a motivation perspective too. It's it like is absolutely. You got a dollar now, you get eighty cents for the same thing. And that goes that goes down to that contract, you know, doesn't it? The psychological contract of work and and what we expect. Um, and I think it depends on how that's communicated. So, you know, if you feel your organisation is doing their best to be fair and doing their best to look after you um, and trying to be fair to everyone, does that make you feel better? Or if the arrangements aren't good for me personally, do I get angry at everyone else? And and I think it goes back to, you know, seeing what we've seen in the supermarkets. Some people are willing to share and some people want to fight for the last thing on the shelf and and so i think there's going to be some very different reactions the battle of the toilet roll 2020 yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah i think i think all of those are important obviously the individual psychology part's big obviously thinking about you relative to others is big and that's like that old one about comparison others or you know that concept of compare i always call it comparing yourself to the joneses Uh, probably a bad way to put it but what's happening to your friends and family, all of, all of that's important too. Yeah. Um, so we looked at numbers a bit. We looked at yeah. kind of the psychology and thinking about the impacts, but what about just if we're thinking that COVID-19 will make us lazier, does why we go to work change in all of this? That's pretty important, right? <laughs> it is. And look, if we, if we think about why we go to work, it goes back to that, you know, some of us have the intrinsic motivation. It's, to contribute yeah. and to make a difference. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't, and couldn't. for some of us, we love going to work and, and we love the work that we do and we enjoy it and we're missing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think thinking through once you do have those sort of basic needs kind of um, put down, we were thinking about that and talking about that and writing about that a bit too is um, thinking way back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the old hierarchy pyramid, whatever you want to call it. It's obviously yeah. many iterations over the years, but, um, you know, people went right back down into their physiological needs, like make sure food, shelter, water is all kind of secure and in place. For me and for my family, that makes perfect sense in these times. And, it, you know, Absolutely. it does. Um, but, yeah, kind of secure that. Once that's done, what else? Mm. And now that hopefully for people that's, you know, being worked on that they're secure, the what else is important and, and work plays a huge part in that. It does indeed. You know, we like spending time with other people, basically. And that's one Usually. of the things. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the things Sometimes. that we get from work. <laughs> yeah. and I, think, I think yeah, that's one of the things we've been struggling with a little bit. Yeah. Is that and that um, you know even though we're really well connected, our team and with clients and others, of course, and family and friends, uh, yeah. it, it, it's different when it's virtual, right? You lose something. Just I don't know. <laughs> you lose. Well, you lose the spontaneity. Yeah, that's right. It's like here's a structured five minutes to laugh. Do it now, okay? And yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah. and then 
I think that last sort of thinking, um, I know for me personally, but I'm sure I'm not the only one, is like I, I need a structural routine. Otherwise, I'm just a chaotic mess, really. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's been really important um, in our home, setting up that bit of structure, a bit of routine, so that we know when it's work time. Because, you know, I don't have the physical separation that some people have. Yeah, My husband thing. and I are working on the dining room table and in the middle of our open plan lounge and living area. So there's no physical separation. So we've got to create a structure to make we should have, we should, between we work. We should have had him on. <laughs> we should have got we should have <laughs> special guests. It's he's sort of like he's been given instructions to be very quiet. <laughs> He's doing a great job. Hope he's hope he's well. <laughs> so, I just got the glare. Okay, yeah, noted. <laughs> All right, this, this might end at any point. No. Uh, so we we covered numbers. We covered psychology. We covered relationships across the dining table a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> we covered work's still really important. And why do we bother going? Do you yes. think that this will make us lazier? Look. I don't, I don't think lazy is the right word, but I do think it'll, it'll cause some people to question what's, what really matters to them. Yeah. And, and in some cases that might mean that work takes a second, second place or that their current work or the work they've been in really doesn't matter to them as much as they thought it did and maybe they'll look for something else. Yeah. Um, so it might make people reflect um, yeah, reflect and decide what's important to them. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right too. I think once the baselines are kind of done, I don't think it'll make us lazier. I do think the reflection part makes sense. I think uh, working out what's important for us, working out what's most valuable for others, I think will mm. kind of be um, uh, illuminated. I don't know increased. Yeah, um, you know, I think people will reassess what they're doing from that perspective. Um, we were asked about this a little bit, and this isn't a huge shameless plug, but we do have a little bit that we put up with this in mind because people have asked us is a bit of simple. And I'm talking about, you know, you can write it on uh, the, the chalkboard at home or yep. on a piece of paper or use your computer, whatever you want to do. But we have put some thought on how you self-reflect, what you can do. And it's simply on supporting humans uh, on our website, which is www.moi.live. So if people want to do that, we put a bit of framework on that for those that like it. Not too restrictive, but it, it's a good time to do that. It's a great time. Great time for reflection. Yeah. And I, I think the only other one I'd add in there, and it seems minor, is there's the career and work one. I think people are also just reflecting on their hobbies and other things they like to do. And obviously, it's chaotic. A lot of people with families have got caring responsibilities that look different, schooling yep. looks different. There's a whole lot, a lot to that. Caring for parents that are older potentially looks different. And so the spare time is a bit of, of a joke, really. It's like a new premium on spare time, even more than That's ever. Right. But, but uh, you know, I think people are looking at what they do, getting back to things they love that maybe they miss because they weren't at home or, you know, all those things. So yes, bit, bit of plus in that. But, yeah, so I don't think it'll make us lazier. I think we agree. I think it'll make us reassess reflect uh keep considering so. and add value at work i think so james sounds good i think that's a big ma from us if anyone I has do. anything else get in touch <laughs> and yeah and go and have a look at our self-reflection piece it's a good one i've had a look and i really liked it
Perfect. Thanks for joining me, Suzanne, and everyone for listening in. Big more from us.